It is great to be here. My heart is encouraged and blessed uh, already today and uh, really enjoyed Sunday school and the fellowship. And uh, I, I see the Lord's leading. And it's interesting with that, that skit how that ties into, into what I'm going to share this morning. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really encouraged and praying that I don't mess up what the Lord is doing. And uh, um, you know what? These, these are exciting days. You know, sometimes we watch the news, uh, we're on social media, and, and we get discouraged. But, but these are exciting days. Uh, back in January, I was sitting at my desk preparing a message, and the message was entitled, What in the World God is Doing in the World? There, there is amazing things happening right now in missions where we're seeing uh, open doors in countries that were closed before. We're seeing churches planted in areas that, that were hard, hard areas. We're, we're seeing every 75 days, we're, we're seeing the word of God translated in another language that is coming off the press and is getting in people's hands. We're seeing every 40 days a church planted in a people group where there was no church. And, and, and there's other great things. And I was sitting at my desk preparing this message. And our, our house has, has uh, two entry doors. And one goes into the kitchen. And that's the primary entrance. And my desk is in the hall. And there's a door there. And I was sitting at my desk. And all of a sudden there was a, a knock at the door. And I looked up and I first thought, who in the world could it be that would come to this door? Because nobody ever comes to this door. And I look up, and it was two men. And I immediately knew that they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And I thought, but I wonder why they came to this door. So I got up, and I opened the door. And, and the one gentleman says to me, he said, Sir, in case you don't notice, this world is, is messed up, and, and there's a lot going on that's wrong. And, and he went on on that spiel for a little bit. And I, I waited till he finished, and I said, I don't mean to contradict you, but I said, on the contrary, I'm preparing a message right now, sharing, I'm going to share in a church on Sunday what God is doing in the world. And I said, there's very exciting things happening, that churches are being born, people are getting the word of God. I said, why don't you guys come in and I'll show this presentation to you and you can be my guinea pigs. And the older gentleman says, there's one God, one Bible, have a nice day. And they turned around and they left. <laughs> And I was standing there like, what just happened? What just happened? And I thought, well, I guess I don't get to run my message by them. But you know what? These are exciting days. They also are challenging days because the enemy is doing all he can, as we saw in that skit, to discourage, to distract, to detour, to detain, and to defile. God's people. So let's pause and pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for who you are. Lord, these are exciting days. They're also challenging days. But we need to keep our eyes focused on, on the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be continually in the word of God. Studying and growing and walking with you. God, I thank you for each one that's here. And I pray, Lord, that you will lead and guide. I thank you for this privilege that we have where we can freely meet. So many people do not have this opportunity. May we not take it for granted. May we continue to stand for the word of God. And guide us now in your name. 
Amen. I do have a table back there and encourage you to, to visit. I'm just going to tell you uh, one more thing. One of the exciting things that has happening, uh, we changed our name from New Tribes to Ethnos after 75 years. And there's many reasons for that. And one of the main reasons is we're in countries now where you just have the word mission in your name and you immediately set off red lights and flags go off. Okay, in no way are we trying to be deceptive Okay, but we're trying to be wise, trying to be wise. We're still doing the same thing, but that's one of the reasons. But you know what? Uh, a couple years ago, the Lord challenged our leadership. We're working in countries around the world, taking the gospel to those that have never heard it, those that don't have it in their language. And we realize that we're overlooking something right here in Canada. And we're in the United States as well, but we realize in Canada we were missing something. And that's the First Nations, the Aboriginals. And so we were praying about that. And about the same time, a family came home from Papua New Guinea that they had planted a church in the Mingi people group, that they went into this animistic people group. They learned the language and the culture. And then by God's grace, they translated the scripture and they planted a church. And they translated the Bible and they had a mature church. And they had two girls that had graduated and, and were ready to come back to Canada and, and to start going to college. But you know what? They were, they were very timid because they'd spent their entire life in the jungle except for a furlough or two. And, and they were afraid of that. So mom and dad brought them back home on, on a furlough and they found out that, that these girls were having a hard job acclimating to Canada. And so they asked us for two years. They said, could you give us two years to help our daughters adjust? And, and so we did, but we said, you know, you have to do something for ministry. You're close. You're close to a First Nations location. How about you? You've already planted a church. You've already taught chronologically. How about you approach them about teaching the word of God? So this man by the name of Dave Wright went to them and approached them. And they said, no. And he said, I'm just curious, why not? They said, because we've had many, many people come and try to do Bible studies. And it always ends up being a white man's Bible study. And I know that many of you here speak French. And those of you that French is your first language, I'm presuming here now that you prefer French. That when you hear something in French, it, 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 what, it's more powerful, it resonates, and I, feel, I see a few smiles. I wish I could speak in French, but I can't. I can only order coffee and, and apple pie. That's all I can do, but that's gotten me through, okay? <laughs> yes, thank you. But, but, but you know what? He went in and he said, you know what? If you folks would allow me, you pick out a couple people, and I will teach them how to teach your people in your language, and I will not allow one white person to come. And they said, we've never heard this before. He said, I will do that if you allow. So they picked out a few men, and they said, okay, you teach us, and then we'll see how it goes. And his very first lesson, okay, if you're familiar with chronological teaching, starts with God. And he taught them for 45 minutes who God was. And when he finished, he said, any questions? For three hours, they bombarded him with questions. They said, we've never heard this. They said, can you reteach it because we want to learn it? And they said, teach it again, but you need to record it so we can go home and listen to it. And he thought, well, what's the best way to record it? There's so many ways to do that. So you know what he said? I'm going to videotape it, and then I'm going to put it on YouTube because then anybody can access it. 
And, and you know what? He puts it on YouTube. And pretty soon, a Catholic priest contacts him and says, what in the world is that teaching? I would like to know more. And then a Pentecostal missionary contacts him. And then another missionary contacts him. And then other locations of aboriginals contact him and say, we want this teaching. And long story short, we have 16 locations across Canada of First Nations people that say we want to be chronologically taught the word of God because it's making sense to us for the first time. And we're trusting God to raise up people right in Canada to teach the word of God in their language. It's very important that we teach them so they hear, so that it resonates in their heart language. And so God is doing amazing things, so help yourself. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Lord laid this message on my heart, and it was interesting how it worked as the Lord laid this on my heart. And, and then in the mail came our, our new publication. And it's, it's entitled on the cover page, Disciples Becoming Disciplers. And it's an amazing story, and I'm going to refer to it later. But, but you know what? Before we look into this, this context here, I, I, I think I need to remind you, even though that you know this, that the Apostle Paul, he taught, he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the importance of the body of Christ, that each member is important. And I'm positive that you folks believe that, that you folks know that. But I want to ask you this question. Are you practicing that? You know, when you read Paul's letters, you notice how he concludes his letters, that in every one of his letters, he, he does, sends greetings on behalf of people. And then he expresses his thanks to people. And it's amazing how many times in his letters he acknowledges Mary's. The type Mary, okay, and, and, and Martha, okay, the Mary and Marthas, that, that some of them sit at the, at the feet and, and are being taught, but then those that serve, those that simply do the serving behind the scenes. And you know that every person is important in the body of Christ. Every person, regardless of your gifting, that every one of us is important in reaching the lost both here and in, Matawas in Matawaska and, and around the world, every one of them. Paul Fleming, the founder of New Tribes Mission, said this, every saint a soul winner. Now you might say to me, you might say to me, well, I'm not Dave Munford. I know Dave was up here a while ago, tremendous heart, singer, evangelist. You may not be Dave Munford, but I want to challenge you to be who God has made you to be. And the gifts that he has given you to use those gifts that, that every person is important and vital to the work of the Lord. To, to be involved in advancing and furthering the reach of the gospel both here and abroad. That every one of us is important. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of that. Sometimes we think, boy, I, what could little old me do? <laughs> and then we turn around and say, little as much when God is in it. Isn't that interesting? Let, let me challenge you with that. Wherever you're at, that God can use you, that he desires to use you. So here we see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he says, thou therefore. Now let's stop right there. Thou therefore. Why is he saying this? Because previous to this, he gives a couple examples. 
He gives examples of people that were being a hindrance to his ministry. People that had gone astray. People that were causing other people to go astray. And then someone who greatly encouraged him. And you know, folks, we can go one way or the other. We can be the thorn in the flesh, so to speak. Or we can be the person that comes along and encourages and supports and ministers. And I don't know about you, but I've had both in my life. And I'll be honest with you that there's been times in my life where I've been both. Where I have been a thorn in someone else's flesh. That I've been a hindrance. So he says, thou therefore. Thou therefore. So, so let's, let's think, where are we at in the Lord's work? What are we involved in? And then he says, my son. You know, there's only one way to be a son, and that's to be born or adopted into the family. You've got to be born or adopted into the family. And he's writing Timothy, his own son in the faith. I want you to catch something about Timothy. Because we know this about Timothy. Chapter 1, verse 5. We know that he had a godly heritage. His mother and his grandmother. But you know, as I've said already, we need the body of Christ. That we need other influences in our life. That we need other people to encourage us. Did not the Lord use the Apostle Paul in a mighty way in Timothy's life? Even though he had a godly heritage. That folks, we need the church. That we need the body. And you know what? I have some people that have mentored me and my life. And two men that I will be eternally grateful for are two farmers. Two farmers that you couldn't drag them up front. But you know what? You're alone in the machine shop, in the barn. And you know what? Tremendous mentors. Men that have encouraged me in great ways. And a lady who's now with the Lord. Who one time when I was down and out discouraged. And my dad sent me to go put her wood in. Because that's the way we were raised. We helped our neighbors in the country. My dad said, you go put her wood in. It's getting wet. It's going to rain. I don't want it getting wet. You go put her wood in. And I was out there putting her wood in. And she came out and acted half disgusted. And she said, what are you doing? I said, Dad told me to put your wood in. She said, not before you have a cup of tea and a piece of pie. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and there we were sitting at that table. And she said, oh, I'm so proud of you. And, but she said, I'm praying for you because you're not doing all that God intended you to do. Excuse me, I just wanted pie. <laughs> but you know what? She became a dear, dear friend of mine. And encouraged me. And, and my, for those of you that don't know, our family spent almost 10 years in Bolivia. And I had to come home not that long after we went there because my dad had a heart attack. And they said he only had 24 hours. And leadership sent me home to see my dad. And, you know, even though I was home for a few days, I had to sneak a visit in to see Pearl. And I went to see Pearl and I said, Pearl, would you pray for me? Because I'm struggling in Spanish. They say that Spanish is the easiest language on the, on the planet. But for me, it was very hard. It was very hard. And I'm sitting there, and she just encouraged me. In fact, she said to me, she said, Mike, would you say something in Spanish? And so I said something in Spanish, and she smiled, and she said, 
I don't know why you're struggling. That was perfect Spanish. No, she didn't know a word of Spanish, but she said, it was incredible. She said, you have nothing to fear. God helped you with that phrase. Go back and get the rest of the language and start teaching the word of God. And, and she built me up and encouraged me, and I thought, she's right. If I got that little phrase, I can get the rest of it. She was just a little lady, but God used her. And you know what? I want to challenge you because something that we so need today is that we need folks that are investing in the younger generation, that you're drawing alongside them as Paul did Timothy, that you're encouraging them, that you're taking them out for a coffee, that you're having them over. You're doing what you can to encourage them. It may just be a greeting at the back of the church, but we need to be helping one another. And younger people, we need to be encouraging the older folks. We need to be drawing alongside them, seeing how we can help them as well. We need one another. And I'm so thankful for those that continue to invest in my life. Every Thursday morning when I have time, I meet with a 95-year-old man who's a retired pastor. He's a retired pastor. And he continues to invest in my life. And I look forward to Thursday mornings, spending time. This godly man has forgotten more than I know. But he continues to encourage me. And I so look forward to times with him. So if you're not investing in someone, I want to encourage you. Look for ways to get involved. It may be coming and cleaning the church so that it's ready for youth group. Or after this mystery thing, when it needs cleaned up. There are so many ways that we can get involved. You know, last year I was down in Danforth. And, and when I was speaking, the Lord just laid on my heart. I thought, hey, I'm in Maine. And right now I know two single ladies that are going to the mission field. And they need prayer and support. And the Lord laid it on my heart. And I said, you guys, uh, you're not only Americans, but, but what? You're Mainers. I don't know if that's how you say it or not. But, but you know, I know two young ladies that are going to the mission field. And, and you could support somebody from your state not too far away from here. One was from Blaine. The other one was down by Augusta. And I said, you could support someone. And you know what? The church got excited. And the church got behind those two young ladies. And it was so encouraging. So encouraging. And, and those two young ladies were blown away. They were blown away. God is working in a huge way today. He's raising up people. He's raising up young people to go. And I'm convinced that just like Paul invested in Timothy, that we need people to stand behind more than ever to pray and encourage. One of the things that's so exciting about going to the mission field today is we have so many things to help us. Technology. We can communicate. Do you know when we first went to Bolivia, it was snail mail. The email was just coming out. Remember dial-up? Oh, it took forever to send, Hi, Mom, I'm okay. And now we can call, Skype, etc., etc., FaceTime. But you know what? We still need people to stand behind. We need people to go. We need people to send. We need people to pray. What are, what are you doing? So he says, Thou therefore my son... And as the skit this morning, be strong, be, be strong. You know what? You'll never be perfect, but you need to be strong. 
My oldest son is a freshman at NBBI. He's very athletic. <laughs> You're thinking he didn't get that from you. <laughs> He's very competitive. He loves sports. And do you know what? We're in that stage of our life. And, and this year, our second son's going to graduate, and he's going to go to NBBI. And we're sensing that empty nest syndrome where they're starting to leave. And so I thought, how can I spend time with my son? So I said to him, I was talking to him one day, and he said, Dad, I'm, I, I'm, I'm working out. I'm lifting some weights because I, I want to get better and better at, at sports. And I thought, hey, I could go over and I could lift some weights with my son. Years ago, I used to lift weights. The very first day in the gym, I realized something. <laughs> a lot has happened in 20 years. I'm not as strong as I used to be. But you know what? I'm rebuilding my strength. And you know what happens often spiritually as well? We what? We start to slip. We start to slip. Folks, don't let it slide. Continue to walk with the Lord. Continue to grow. That, that I have seen in these seven years, in, in July it will be seven years we're home from Bolivia. In these seven years, guys, I have seen too many people drift away. As we saw on that skit, I've seen too many people that their light has gone out. I've seen too many people stop going to church. I've seen too many people hurt. Too many people offended. In fact, I just came back from Bolivia, and I was back not even a week, and a pastor friend of mine sent me a message and said, we need to have coffee. And we're having coffee at, at McDonald's, and he said, Mike, there's something i got to tell you, that a pastor friend of mine, who, who's a little bit younger than me, who supported me when I was in Bolivia, recently left his wife and four children for a 14-year-old. A 14-year-old! I cannot believe it. And, and some of the other things that, that, that is going on in this man's life. But you know where it started? In his heart. He started to slip. He started to slip. And we have got to watch that. And in that skit, we have got to help one another. We have got to protect one another. Because the enemy is attacking the church like never before. And sometimes, unfortunately, we're helping him. We're helping him. Let me encourage you. In fact, in fact, Gil says that this be strong actually means become stronger. That as we grow and walk with the Lord, that we should become stronger in our faith. In our faith. I love the illustration that Howard Hendricks gives. He says that we can either be a stagnant pond or we can be a fresh flowing river of life. What are we going to be? I'll tell you what, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be stale. I want to have a walk with the Lord. And if you've got your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 2. A verse that continues to challenge me because I can't do it. You know, Sunday school was great this morning. I really enjoyed that. I thought, wow, this, this, is, this is really good. I really enjoyed it. And you know what? We can't do it in ourselves. We can't. It's Him in us. And as one, one guy referred to Philippians 1.6, it 
It's him that does the work. And Colossians 2, 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. How did we receive him? We heard the word. By faith we believed. And we have got to continue walking with him. We have got to continue on in faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. We have got to continue. And we should be getting stronger and taking more steps of faith and believing God for more things in our life. And trusting that God will use us. It's all about God. We're just vessels. We're just vessels of clay. And verse 7. Root up and built in him. The day we stop growing. We start dying. We start dying. We have got to continue to grow. Root up and build up him. Established in the faith. That we need to, to grow in our relationship. As ye have been taught, abounding there and with thanksgiving. That abounding carries forth the meaning of overflowing with thanksgiving. That I don't know if it's happening up here yet because of the cold and the snow. But in the Woodstock area, they're into maple syrup. And my family used to do that. We're all too busy now to do that. And that must be a sin. It must be up there somewhere. <laughs> But you know what? One of the things that I love about that is when you go into the woods and my grandfather taught us that the best time to, to tap trees is, is, the, is the daytime when the sap is already running and you drill a hole and then you can tell right away if that is going to be a good hole. You drill in and right away, yeah, we've struck gold, so to speak. And the, the sap just oozes out. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> What's oozing out of us? I know we all have different personalities. Some of us are more outgoing. But you know what is inside of us? In our, our Christian DNA. Are we abounding with thanksgiving? That can only come folks. If we are connected to the vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Without me you can do nothing. Coming back to 2 Timothy Matthew Henry says this, and it's interesting, again, Sunday school. Matthew Henry says, as our trials increase, we need to grow stronger in that which is good. Because trials do not stop with age. Unless I'm mistaken. We had a couple guys share about that. Trials will continue. Job said, man is about a few days old and full of trouble. The rain falls on the good and the bad. That there is going to be trials. But we need to continue to grow. And again, I've seen too many people. Too many people. In, in my church, in my church, because I'm always away speaking, or often away, away speaking, that, that uh, one night at prayer meeting, the, the guy said that they were concerned because this lady hadn't attended our church in a while. And I know this lady. And it hit me. So I went to see her. I went to see her. Because I thought, boy, she hasn't been to church for weeks. I wonder what's going on. And I went to see her. And I asked her, you haven't been at church for a while. I've been away, but I hear you're not at church. I'm curious, you know, are, are you sick? Is everything okay? Like, why haven't you been to church? You know what she told me? I've stopped going to church. I said, I, I said you've stopped going to church? When I was a child, you were a, a, a key figure in Sunday school. And yes, now I know you're a senior, but you've stopped. I said, can I ask why you stopped? She said, I had the flu. 
I had the flu, and I missed a couple weeks. And I went back one Sunday, and I said, uh, and in the back of the church, she said, I, I met this guy, and, and, and all he said to me was, hi. And she said, I was so offended. And I said right then and there, I'm never coming back to this church. And I said to you, can I ask who that was? And she told me. I said, but you know that guy hardly ever speaks. He's very, very quiet. She said, well, I expected him to say, where have you been? We have so missed you. We're so excited to see you back. I said, that's not him. That's not him. And she said, I never even thought about that. And I've quit going to church over something so silly. Wow. We are so offended today. We are so offended. Go back and read Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He bore our sin. And yet he was like a lamb led to the slaughter that said nothing. And we stopped going to church because of what someone says, what someone doesn't say, what someone did, what someone didn't do. Do we know anything about Calvary's love? What about on the mission field? And I can tell you from example that one time I wanted to quit. I told my wife, enough, I'm done. I'm done. My wife looked at me and the color drained out of her face. She said, you don't mean it. I said, I do. I'm done. She said, will you pray about it? And I said, I will. But you start packing because I'm done. And I went for a walk. <laughs> and I started out by complaining to the Lord. And then when I was quiet and let the Lord talk, you talk about conviction. And I actually turned around and went back home and I said, honey, I need to apologize because that was the flesh. And I said, first off, I need to go talk to somebody because there was sin in my life. And I needed to go make it straight. And you know what happened after that? <laughs> the Lord blessed in many, many ways. In fact, on my way home, I led a guy to the Lord. Wasn't even planning on it. Just start talking. Next thing you know, you got saved. It's like, whoa. It's like the Lord said to me, wake up, Mike. Wake up. I want to work. You're just a vessel. Remember that we're just vessels. It's all about him. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's not about us. It's about him. And folks, don't try in your flesh. Because that's when we want to quit. That's when we get discouraged. That's when we get downhearted. That's when we get offended. That's when we start squabbling. And I'm a prime example from what God has taught me down through the years and I continue to learn and be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If we realize who we are and, and the story that we have to tell, it will change us. It will motivate us. And it doesn't stop there going on to verse 2. And the things that thou has heard of me you know one thing that I'm convinced that we need to hear? And that's testimonies. Not bragamonies. Testimonies of what God is doing in our lives. The first five men that were missionaries with New Tribes Mission that were actually killed just outside of Santa Cruz, Bolivia, by the IRA Indians, that every night they got together 
And every night they determined to share what God had taught them that day. They said they weren't going to tell anything that it was more than 24 hours old. And they said those were exciting times when they would get around the campfire at night and as they were out in the jungle trying to find the IRA Indians, the things that God was teaching them. They Oh, to read those testimonies. They're so pure and they're so rich of what God was telling, what God was doing and teaching them in their life. We need to have an active walk with him. We need to be sharing, again, testimonies, not pragamonies, of what God is doing in our life. We need to hear that. It's so encouraging, so refreshing. And isn't it amazing how often we can either identify or it helps us down the road? And, and then he, he says, reading on, the things that thou hast heard of me among many faithful witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. That we need to committing this to other people. That we need what? To pass it on. That we need to share this. That's one thing that's so exciting about this edition. Is because it talks of a work that happened. Do you know what? Surprise, surprise. It was a slow, hard work. But you know what? Now they're reaping. Now the harvest We're not to grow weary in doing well. And it's very interesting because years ago, and I know Pastor Jack knows this story, a lady by the name of Sophie Mueller started this work. She never got to see what's happening right now. But now we're seeing disciples become disciplers, and they're passing it on to other people. All the stories that could be told of other places that right now God is working. A couple of years ago at NBBI, I believe his name was Paul Seeger. He's the, he's the president of biblical missions worldwide, BMW. Not the car, but the mission. And, and he was sharing, you know, the mission BMW is growing. And, and I had lunch with Paul one day. And I said, Paul, can I ask you what you're doing? And you know what he said? He said, Mike, do you know what I do whenever I'm somewhere? He said, I watch for people that are faithful in little things. And those are people I draw alongside. Those are people that I invest in. Those are people that I, that I trust the Lord to mentor and, and to grow and build. Because if they're faithful in little things, he read that somewhere, I think. Yeah, amen. He said, if they're faithful in little things, Mike, think what happens if we disciple them. And that's what BMW is doing. Biblical ministries. That they're investing in little people. Little things. But little is much when God is in it. And God is using it and and blessing. So I want to encourage you again to look for people that you can commit this to. That you can trust the Lord to mentor and and disciple and and commit it to them. I got to tell you a little bit about tonight. If you can come out tonight, God is doing an amazing work in Bolivia. But, you know, one of the things that blessed me was seeing a man that a year ago, a pastor said to me, I see something in this guy. He's a new believer, but I see something in him. I see that he's faithful, and I'm going to take a year and invest in him. And then I come back a year later, and then I see Walter a year later, and I'm like, 
Look what has happened in a year. Do you know that there's a church in the city of Cochabamba that started two families? Two families. And you know what they said? That the, these two families said, we're going to trust the Lord that each of us would find a family. And for one year, we're going to invest in this family. If they don't know the Lord, we're going to trust the Lord to build a relationship, to build a rapport so we can share the gospel with them. And if they don't know the Lord, we're going to trust the Lord for them to get saved. And if they do know the Lord, we're going to trust the Lord to disciple and mentor them. And we're going to do that for one year. And after one year, we're going to tell them, we've invested a year in you. Now we're going to challenge you to go invest a year in somebody else and another family. We will still get together, but not as often. And you know what? That started with just two families. That church is up over 350. They can hardly keep up. But you know what? The thing that they're doing, as I just referred to, that they're looking for people and they're investing in them and they're investing a year in them. And God is blessing. You know, one of the advantages that we have today is we are relational. That's what they say about the younger generation, Sam and Ben, that you're relational. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We need to take advantage of that, and we need to invest, and, and we need to trust this to faithful people. And you know what? That's sometimes hard, passing the baton. Years ago in Bolivia, I was the treasurer, and I oversaw the finances for the mission. And there was a lot happening, a lot happening. We had two airplanes. We had a school of 130 people. There was a lot of finances. And you know what? The Lord laid it on our hearts to turn it over to a Bolivian, a Bolivian missionary. And we called them in, and we had a meeting with them. And you know what the first thing he said is? I'm Bolivian. I'm poor. You know what I said to him? That doesn't matter. You've proven that you're faithful. And he started to cry. And he said, you actually trust me. Folks, I wish I could take the time and explain what that did to his church. When he went back to his church and said that the mission is appointing me as treasure. That they're trusting me with the finances. A huge responsibility. And he's been doing it for years now. And God is blessing it. And he is a tremendous administrator. Very, very faithful. But you know what? Sometimes we don't like to pass the baton. Sometimes we like to control it. We need to pass it on. We need to be training younger generations. We need to be committing it to them. We need to continue to invest in them and to mentor them. But we need to pass it on. We need to share. Let me ask you this question. I, I wrote this down. It's very, very important. Very important that we are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we need to trust the Lord for these faithful men that are following us. Following Christ. And so that when we step out of the way... They continue following Christ.
Christ in, in that when we step out of the way, the work shouldn't stop, the work shouldn't be hindered because they're following us, follow Christ, and we step out of the way, they keep going because they're following Christ, not us. And that's one of the things that I'm seeing that's so exciting in missions today, that many people are doing that, that many people are doing that. Let me encourage you to invest, to commit, and to trust the Lord. But keep walking with him. Don't grow weary in doing well. Continue to grow, and we'll give him the praise. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for who you are. Lord, we're thankful that it's you that does the work. It's not us. It continues to amaze me. Who is man that you're mindful of him? We're just a speck of dust. But God, you've entrusted us with the most incredible, glorious message. Lord, may we not drop the baton. Lord, may we be committing it to others. May we be investing in them. And Lord, we need to be walking with you and growing because sometimes... We encounter those trials, those challenges. Sometimes we want to quit. Sometimes we say, I've been hurt too many times. But if our focus is on the Lord, we realize that trials, tribulations will happen. And that we will continue to grow by the grace of Jesus. For his honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.